A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Pole Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the dead pole hitter. I'm here with Dom, the bullpen guru, and we're about to go over some of the fab from the main event last weekend and the player movement and looking ahead for next weekend as well. We'll talk a little bit about, of course, Ellie De La Cruz and Andrew, Andrew Abbott, and we'll give some insight into some of our favorite pickups of the season for ourselves and what we could do with that going forward. Dom, been a terrible night. I've been podcasting all day. That's not the terrible part, um, but the Mets just blew another game. And um, I think I read that or I heard on the broadcast, the end of the broadcast, that they um, it was the first time in Mets history that they lost three straight games despite having a lead of at least three runs in each one of those games. It was brutal. <laughs> Tonight was brutal. I got the double whammy. I got Spencer Strider everywhere in so many leagues. And, you know, he gets rocked. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with one game of getting a rock. The Mets have his number for some reason. And nobody has his number but the Mets. And then it's like I was telling myself and I was just podcasting with Drew Forte. And I said, it's the worst when you get hammered like that. And then your favorite team loses the game. So I'm like, he better win. They better win this game. And of course, yeah. they blew it. They blew yep. It. I mean, yeah, it's been a, uh, it's been an all around pretty. I, I, they haven't won a game since last week when we talked. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, pitching is looking good. They're carrying the team. And then everything's gone to shit. So, um, yeah, it's, it's brutal. Um, I don't, I don't know. There's, I'm actually, the only thing I'm surprised about is the fact that stat that you gave, because it feels like uh, every, Every game in September of uh, what was it, two thousand eight, two thousand or whatever oh, it was, two thousand seven, when they just yeah. like that, you know, seven seven game lead with seventeen to play, and just every game felt exactly like this game, like just you know, Aaron Heilman fucking blowing games and Scott Schoenweiss blowing games, and so <laughs> just uh, you know, a bunch of shitty relievers blowing game important games against uh you know divisional opponents um so it's it's not it's not good but honestly this is uh 
this comes with the territory of being a Mets fan. So <laughs> just no, I'm numb to it at this point. It's just like, you know, well, grass is green. Mets are blowing games. It just sucks that it's against the Braves because now with less just right. di- divisional games, um, it impact. matters a lot more getting swept you know, in one of the whatever four series um, is tough. 2008, to you brought me back to a, a, a crazy time. You know, it's uh, I had I had a little uh, Met season plan around that time in my life, and man, it was so it was like my favorite. Just watching, like Jose Reyes has always been my favorite player to watch live. I, I always like go to the. You know, when he let off games and he just like laced the triples, nothing yep. more fun More than watching electric. this dude run. Like, it's yeah. so stupid to say that when you say that loud, like, oh, I want to watch this guy run from home to third. And he was just so electric with it. But being at so many Marlins games, um, too, like Hanley Ramirez, I remember him, like, he just had one of those sounds off the bat that was just this so distinct from everybody else. He was a yep. beast. So a lot of good games, but yeah, a lot of meltdowns, that whole divisional thing that they blew and last year, the same thing. And it's just, yeah, it's just, oh man. Anyway, let's yeah. talk about the Bra- fantasy Bra- baseball. Braves own us. Yeah. So they let's do. talk about some fantasy baseball to get us our minds off of uh, the disaster on our, uh, on the regular, you know, field. So yeah, let's hop into a little bit what happened last weekend. Some of the ads, some of the drops. Yeah. And, uh, we'll go from yeah. There. Yeah, so so last week um, was the lowest average full week of spending in the regular season. So, average team spent forty three dollars um, last week. The average per ad was twenty three bucks. Um, you know, I I'm just saying I'm I haven't written the article for last week yet, just because I've been so insanely busy with my um, you know regular day job. But honestly, I'm kind of glad I didn't because my write-up would pretty much just be like it was Royce Lewis and then feels like people were just adding what they needed and it was they were doing it kind of on the cheap. Maybe people had, you know, future bigger weeks in mind. So, um, you know, like if you look at the most popular ads, Royce Lewis was added in 53 leagues and then it was a bunch of – Justin Lawrence added in 46, Reese Olsen, Tommy Henry, Brian Wu, Cutter Crawford. So it's a bunch of, you know, pitching opportunities that kind of opened up, um, obviously the save spec and and Justin Lawrence. But like, honestly, it really didn't stand out as many notable ads to me beyond Lewis. Um, I know before we started recording, you mentioned that it was your favorite week of fab and I agree, and and we can kind of see that in the players that we added. Um, so if, I don't know if you want to kind of just yeah. you, is that your view of the week, and then you know your approach to your teams. Yeah, I had um um it, it's sitting down doing fab. I was getting ready to write you know my fab article for the Patreon and do the podcast, and you know I'm taking all these notes and looking at all the all the data you pull out every week and. Just looking at the freeze and stuff, and I'm like, you know, not even trying to even save for Ellie De La Cruz or anything like that. It's like, I really have to start tightening it up, <laughs> you know? And um, so I had to be a little bit careful about if anyone wanted to spend up a little bit on someone. That one guy was Justin Lawrence. I, I got him 18-18 to Ben and 10. I think one of the lowest 
Um, I know his median bid Lawrence was 33 bucks. So I was happy to get him on the cheaper end. And, you know, I really need saves in that league. And I didn't, but I didn't want to go too crazy because it's like, it's still the Rockies. Still don't know if he's the guy, but he should be the guy. And, you know, so many things like there's going to be some closers later on. Or is there, I just keep telling myself that there, there will be chances later. <clears throat> and then, um, I really, I went up a little bit for Cutter Crawford, maybe 13 bucks. I probably could have saved some money there, but I'm really into his skill set and kind of need like a, what I think would be, I think he would be a rest of season type starter for some pitching depth on that team. And, um, took a shot at Reese Olsen, um, got him for seven bucks too. And it's another one. The median ad was 21. So it was like so funny because my whole the thing was telling myself, all right, Rob, like be smarter with not making it 17 or 13, but try seven and, and six, you know, like because some, you know, you keep track of that overspend and it, it sticks to me. Like I see how much money I'm overspending sometimes. I'm like, just stop it. Just, just, yeah. You know, it's good to be in on a play. It's good to have feelings about a play, and I just have to get a little more, just tighten it up, tighten it up a little bit. So that's what I did, and and you know, I ended up getting like I said, it's just the cheaper end of a lot of these players. Uh, Crawford was like, I think I was right on the median, um, but I got two Tapito Marcano too. Um, I won him eleven to ten. Got excited. They DFA'd Chris Owings. He started versus a lefty, and he never starts versus a lefty. And I thought it was it, and then no, it's not it. Mark Mateus is now just going to get involved. And, um, you know, that's just, I'm still, I'm still not down though, because it's, it's, it's three, three, three position eligibility. Um, yeah. I really love this skill set. I've been loving this skill set for a while. Um, and so I, I'll, I'm just going to keep him on the bench, keep that skill set there. And whenever he has the matchups, um, you know, I want, you know, that I could put him in and take advantage of him, uh, not taking advantage of him. That didn't sound right. You <laughs> utilizing, utilizing his yeah, skills, utilizing him in the right fashions for things like next week against the Mets. You know, I mean, actually, this sorry, this uh, this coming period versus the Mets, he he should be in there versus the yep. three righties, mm -hmm. and the same thing next weekend too at Milwaukee. So, um, I'm happy with that. But overall, yeah, just like and and Noda, Mister Ryan Noda, I picked him up in in um. It's funny, I picked him up in a main event league. I picked him up in an online championship league, and I picked him up in one of my auction leagues. And I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you know because you're in the Discord and the Patreon. You know how how much I feel about Ryan Node. I just love yep. it when I look, love it when he's there and available to be streamed on a week like this, and hold on to him too for like another week. Because next week too, he's got a heavy righty week two. He's faced another six righties next week. Um, and also a seventh game. So maybe even a pinch hit opportunity, but, um, so really, and, and I just love it when it, it, it bears fruit. Like, you know, he's got a couple of ribbies, he hit a home run and it's like exactly what you want and what you ask for. And it's, uh, I love it when it happens, you know, like yeah. if it doesn't happen, you get a lot of fab moves where the most random things will happen too. Right. It's just. Like you pick up this guy, and like, oh, he lost a two star, and then actually now he's getting sent down. And you're like, what just happened? You know, <laughs> so yeah. many things happen so quick. So to have a couple of things, you know, go in the way you want, it was good, pretty cool. So that's that was my fab weekend. It was, um, like I said, I'm trying to tighten it up a little bit and be a little more practical. And um, yeah, I'm pretty happy with it so far. Yeah, 
Yeah, we uh we were on a lot of the same guys, so I but you know, you mentioned the Noda thing and I wanted to just ask you in terms of like cuz this was something I thought about after I was looking at my teams this week, like I had a lot of two-star weeks and I had a lot of the same pitchers and I I'm realizing that like I am grabbing the same guys I like in both my my leagues and I was just wondering like Is that something that you consider at all at this point in the season, like diversification, or do you just say like I'm just targeting? Because like I noticed when I, you know, I pulled together your year-to-date ads just to see. I, you know, I know we were going to talk about you know our best ads, our worst drops, um, and I noticed like early on in the season, you were getting a lot of the same guys across both main events, and then it seems like you've kind of. change and i don't know if that's just because you are um a little bit more conservative with your bidding than i am i feel like i you know you can see that in the amount i overspent year to date versus what you've overspent year to date is that you know i i get yeah, i think i see a guy that i like and i kind of bump up my bids and i end up overspending a little bit like is that something intentional or is that just the byproduct of the fact that you're you know more conservative with your bids and you'll just take whoever you get Yeah, I mean, it's so with the diversification thing, I think it's just because um, my teams were kind of the same to start off the season, and now they've taken on different identities, and I think Right. I just have kind of different needs. There definitely has been some weeks where, um, like, I like the same player, like a Noda, um, or or Marcano, where it's like I I I have both of these guys in my string list. It's just one, you know, one league I need this person, and one one league, it, you know, it's like I have another priority, but he could still be okay if I get him. You know, something Right. like a resource, and where like yeah, I'll take this guy as starting pitching depth, and if I don't get him, it's fine. I'll start Jamison Tyon, but you know, like um, and you know, and I'll have a bat instead. So. Um, I think that's where most of uh worst of my thoughts about it right now. I mean, I mean the the, the fab diversification is something I'm definitely being aware of with the upper price guys that we spoke about. I've said it before, like last year with Vinny Pascantino, I just I had to have him like at all costs in every single league, even in a league where like I had a good corner bat already, and it's like it wasn't really the smartest move. So I'm trying to learn from that and Yeah. trying to in even even a you know like like I said with the price ranges. just being more like, oh, it's not going to be 218 for this stud in every league. It's going to be a practical price in that league that I could um, afford it and leaves me with a good rest of season budget. And also, like, not taking out anyone, you know, like with Royce Lewis this weekend, it's like um, there was a couple of teams where I was like, okay, like I have um, – You know, Luis Garcia is my middle infielder, right? But do like I really love his skill set, and for a fifteen team league, he's really good, I think. And I'm just like, yeah, it's an upgrade. But how much of an upgrade is it to where like maybe I'm not going to play him and where I could save that money to help my team elsewhere? You know, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, um, I, I think like I said, there's 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 some guys who I like, I really really like, um. He's like all the guys I've really liked, I've actually had close bids for, <laughs> like Mason Miller, Bryce Miller, uh, even like Blake Stable. Like, you know, I've I've gotten all these players that I like really, really wanted for, you know, like close, you know, ex except for a couple weird bids, like the sixty three for Robles. That was actually um, something that I just didn't look back on um, and check my bids because it wasn't supposed to be sixty three. I think I had him down for like. 
36 or 33 so that was a that was a huge mess up on my part not checking the transaction bids and just trying to trying to cram in too many things at once at the end yeah. of the night but um and also getting too excited for people like you said in the in the early part of the season you have a really go oh, like i could have got map you know map brash i got 23 to 1 like maybe i could have gotten for cheaper but he also had like a save opportunity and i was like you know, we didn't know the usage at first. Like, is right. it going to pick up half and half? You know, so yeah. there's so many things, but that's just yeah. hindsight. But now it's just about like looking back and and going forward and trying to make better decisions. And I think that's what we try to do really with this process of looking back at looking at the prices, looking at league spending it to try to get a better, because like I look at those bids that I had, I'm like, yeah, could it be huge variance that I just, you know, um, one like 11 to 10 7 to 4 7 to 5 was that just random or is that just me really locked into my league spend and you know what those like we said those fab archetypes are going for what streamers go for so and it, i i think it's a little bit of both i think you could prepare yourself to be in these ranges by looking at your leagues and looking at you know the trends of players like this and it's also like yeah you know obviously it's going to be some variant in it because it's fucking blind bidding. So we have yeah. no idea. <laughs> yeah, totally. We have no yep. idea. Yeah. And like, so, so yeah. So just, I guess, circling back to this week, like I added Lawrence in both mine. Um, I was aggressive. But, um, I got him for 46 in one and 38 in the other. Um, Cutter Crawford, I got for 32 in both. Um, Hunter Harvey, I got in one. Mauricio Dubon, I got in both for 14 and 17 on opposed, which hurts. And then Brian Wu, I got in in one. So, you know, I kind of like this week because there was a lot of pitching that I liked, both closers and starting pitching. And I was kind of switching out starters. Like I dropped Jared Schuster, Ronald Blanco, Brandon Fett in both mine, Jorge Lopez. So it kind of was just perfect storm where I had starters that I, I either, you know, couldn't trust the the, you know, um, their ability to actually pitch in the majors going forward in, in fat and, um, Blanco and then Schuster, I just didn't, I just don't really trust or believe in his skills. Um, so it was just like a good opportunity for me to kind of switch out players that I didn't feel confident with for, for players that I am a little more excited about. So, um, you kind of saw that in the bidding, but then, um, yeah, I mean, looking at like our year to date stuff, you know, I know like I put the overspend for like your league, but I think when you're as a player doing your analysis on like, did I overspend? I think comparing it to like the average or the median price that a player went for in the contest is probably like a better comp because like if you have just an anomaly league where like they whiffed on a certain player, like I think I had that in like when I got, <clears throat> um, when I got Burger back in like mid-April, I got him for eleven bucks, and the backup bid was like one buck. And I think like no other leagues had a backup bid of of like single digits for him then. So it's just like some of those anomalies where it's like looking at the overall contest as opposed to exclusively your league is maybe like a better comp to like 100%. analyze whether you're overbidding on players. So such a good point, Dom, because I I I. I think the first time I Phil put that into perspective for me, Phil Dussel was like going out chat. I'm like, ah, I'm like 13, you know, 13 to two. I could have, I could have saved money there. And he's like, 13 was the medium bid. You nailed it. And I'm like, thank you. 
<laughs> you know, like because yeah. he's like he's right. You know, you have to look at that whole thing. You can't just look at your league. And yeah, I was I was right there with the market. Like I was right there, you know, in that in that spend. So that's a good point. It's such a great yeah. point. Don't but, like lose but, sleep over that. Oh my god, I overpaid yeah. for these guys. Like just make sure that you didn't overpay in terms of like how everyone else was reacting to this player. Right, but with everybody kind of coming, you know, now that we're getting to the point in the season where. The average team has three hundred and sixteen dollars in fab. Jesus, Christ. I think I think it's starting to get to a point where it is pretty important to maybe look specifically at your league and at your opponents and like you know and determine what you think your competition will be looking for and what they have to spend and what you have to spend and like what you need and what they need as, as opposed to taking like kind of a much more like macro view of the contest and being like, well, all right, I got this guy for the median bid, but like, I think it's, it is important to kind of now hone in on your lead because like you, it's just, you need to, like you said, you need to rein it in. I need to rein it in. Like I'm sure everybody at this point is at a point where they're trying to be more cognizant of their budgets just for trying to save for the next big the next big thing or to save for September or save for whatever you need to save for. You, like we need to start doing it. And how you can do that, I think, is is doing that like in league level analysis and, and try to just forecast where you think people will be targeting and where you, that could potentially create an opportunity for you to save some money absolutely quick break right here the poll hitter robbie d gonna let you know about underdog fantasy they have a cool game called seventh inning stretch right now and if your fantasy baseball team is already toast or if you just crave additional drafting which i think we all really crave drafting well, you could just grab your rally caps, get right back into the action on Underdog Fantasy. It's the easiest place to play fantasy baseball right now until July 14th. Underdog has a live MLB best ball called the seventh inning stretch, and you could draft your team for the second half of the MLB season. It's the best ball format, so you just draft, and that's it. No waivers, no trades, no in-season management. You draft 20 players. Um, you get the best cumulative scores in your starting lineup. Three pitchers, three infielders, three outfielders, one flex for each week of the regular season. So that's half of the guys that you draft are getting your optimal scoring. And um, getting starting is really simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with my promo code, PULLHITTER, P-U-L-L-H-I-T-T-E-R, one word, all caps. And Underdog doubles your initial deposit up to 100 bucks. Uh, the seventh inning stretch has 150 k in total prizes, and it's only 7 bucks to enter. So, I mean, just get in there, start drafting. You could do whole bunch of teams takes the draft takes really fast the app is great you can upload your rankings you could draft wherever you want it's so simple to do so get involved you can even make private leagues if you want they have leagues that you can enter that's only three man six man and like i said they have that overall format the seventh inning stretch that's got 150k in total prizes so sign up for underdog with a promo code get that first deposit doubled and uh, you can see me in the lobby. I'll be getting into some draft. I'm working on my rankings right now as we speak. And I'm going to get involved in some drafts. So if anyone wants to draft for me, let me know. Notify me on Twitter at Deadpool or Email me. My my Pull Discord and the Patreon. We're going to be involved in getting some personal drafts as well. And it's going to be fun. We'll share some picks. We'll talk about it. We'll trash talk. All that good stuff. Over on UnderdogFantasy.com. Pull Hitter is the promo code.
use the good old roster grid. I've been utilizing that for Fab, you know, just trying to see my competition for Voice yeah. Lewis, you know, like you put pull up your roster grid real yeah. quick. Roster just, grid. I haven't I haven't done that since the draft season. I, I I'm always I on roster grid during drafts. But Hell I yeah. haven't thought to do that in, in season. So that's nice. That's a good that's a good tip. Yo, man, I'm telling you, this 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 two weekends ago, I said, why am I not utilizing this more? I would always just go into each individual team, you know, and you can do that too. Um, right. And my first step was to just go to the price range, book around me. It's like, okay, the these are the guys that I can compete with in the fab with. These are the guys who need offense, you know, just eliminate that first and go and just check. All right, just the, these three or four teams may be the teams and – yeah, I hit the good old roster grid, and I said, oh, look at this. Who was starting who at utility, you know? And I found, like, in my one league, there was a bunch of middle infielders at utility, mm. you know? And it was like, kind of see what positions, you know, maybe in glaring need or, um, you know, wrapped up in your league. And obviously, you could see that in the free agent pool, but just to see what each team is starting to, obviously, you know, uh, I can't spend too much time on that, but it's it's just cool. The, the old roster grid. Is, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a good look. And I've I've heard uh, I've heard Curlin talk about that. That that's something he says he does. He like looks closely at his league, um, and and trying to assess what people need and what you know, um, who he thinks people will be on and stuff like that. So I mean, it, I'm sure it takes a lot of time, but um, it's it's I think that's a a good point. And yeah, using that roster grid, I think makes a lot of sense just to see oh who has that who has the hammer what do they need um so it almost like makes the case for like playing like one or two leagues only and like i felt like when i was diving into these teams like man if i could do this level of analysis all the time and you know, all throughout the week mm-hmm. i could really like be on top of what's happening in the league because sometimes you just feel like yeah you know who got added and who got dropped but you don't know anything else no yeah on. i mean that's 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 definitely the case for me. Like I don't, I don't do that analysis of like, who do I think people will be on? What do these people need? How much money? Like I, I'm, I say that we should do it, but I don't, I don't do it currently. Um, it's something I would love to do because I think it's definitely useful and it would be advantageous for me, but I just don't have the time at this point to, to dig in at that level. But um, one thing I, I did, one thing I did actually today was um, I kind of brought up, some some of the players, some of the owners in my leagues that I played in previous leagues, and mm-hmm. um, I have you know the fab, the to- the fab week week to week for the the whole league, not only just my team but all the teams, and enter this team name in. Does this person go for the Ella De La Cruz types? You know, like mm-hmm. does this person um, go for the splashy bears? And I like, did a quick search, look for the guy's name. Oh, okay. Now I might not have to worry about this guy because it seems like he's more of the spread it out, you yeah. know, hammer the twenty thirty dollar bid. So, um, I don't know. I think if that's the that's the reason why I have these things, like, because I'm not going to use it for yeah, that, like those reasons. What the fuck am I scraping it for? <laughs> it's just yeah, like it's what did what did yeah. they do in there? You know, it's a, so, good, it's a good point. And like that was another thing I was thinking about like earlier this this week after this weekend like i was i was just looking at my year-to-date bids even before you said oh let's look at our bids and i looked and i was like holy shit i've only spent over a hundred dollars on three guys this whole year and it was logan ohapi i spent a lot of money on 211 bucks like early in the season when he was up when um what's his face got hurt 
Um, and then Aaron Savali a couple weeks ago, overspent as well. And then Jaron Duran for 138 bucks when he came up and I really wanted speed. So it was like, but the rest of the time, it's just been all like, you know, 20 to $80 bids, depending on the guy. And um, I mean, obviously there's been $1 bids as well, but the vast majority of my bids are just in that 20 to 80 range. And I'm like, you know, I I'm I'm placing bids on all these big guys, but um, you know, not obviously not enough. And um, I I think that's because of just how I've been spending my money. I'm just I'm a spread it out guy. I, I guess I'm figuring out uh, from my you know looking at my own pattern. It's just like I'm on the big guys, but I'm just not on enough, like anywhere close to the amount that that's needed. And and that's fine, it's serving me well. So. You definitely get that from looking at my year-to-date activity. <laughs> yeah, I it, it's um I was looking back at last year too, and it's like I made like you mentioned the guys for a hundred bucks, and last year um I went up to a hundred bucks uh went up to a hundred bucks on in one league I did it only once last year, and that was for Vinny P. That was three thirteen. And no other player was higher than sixty three. Yeah, I mean, and 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 that's so not what I'm doing this year. But this yeah, te- this team was didn't really have a ton of holes, and it's crazy because I came in third. It was one of the stacked leagues, like one of those leagues where like six guys score hundred points, you know. Mm, yeah. Uh, but like in looking back at it, I'm like man, like. Got Helsley sixty three to forty in like the first week of May. That was huge, um, and yeah, Vinny P was a huge ad. But then I had the hammer for guys like Jake, Jake, uh, Jake McCarthy. So kind of like with the teams, I have some excess money now. Like, do I want to spend on Ellie De La Cruz, or do I want to be able to go and like have the hammer for the thirty dollar players that are going to happen in the next couple of months, right? Because right. it's fucking June, like you said, three sixteen on the average. Do you have? <laughs> 316 on the average. 316 is with this 15 more fab weeks. That's like $20 a week. Yep. That's crazy. It's like, it's just, it's really impressive. I mean, the fab spending has been so impressively aggressive. And with, I mean, you know, like with streaming, you can find your guys, right? But at some point, like, if everyone keeps spending money, we're all going to be streaming. Yeah, <laughs> we're all going to be fighting for these guys. But and 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 because of that too, like the replacement level player is 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 I don't know, like for like at, at least for like oh this guy I could just set it and and forget him being my lineup. Those guys are disappearing, and so at the same point, we're all going to just keep spending money until like. The last month is going to be interesting. It's going to be a yeah. lot different than than this, yeah. This is what I was thinking about today. Like if you're a good if you're a good team that's competitive and you're in a league where there's just a, a lot of money already off the table and I mean like looking at my teams there's still a couple teams that have over, you know, 5 600 bucks. So like they're going to have the hammer either for one of these big guys or they're going to have the hammer on everyone Everybody. they want the rest of the one, <laughs> you know? And if you're in a league where you're competitive and like everyone's down to, you know, I don't know, maybe like 250 bucks and below in a couple weeks. Um, and you're going to be, like you said, streaming and, and doing one and $2 bids. Like you're going to get 
the scraps. Like if every everyone above you is going two dollar, one dollar, and and you're in, you know, first through fourth place, like you're letting ten teams get their pick of the litter before you. So you need to either have like insanely long bid lists or you have to have like a ton of roster flexibility and just be comfortable getting whoever you get yes. like, on the hitting side because like and that's something I'm kind of like being a little cognizant of because I'm I'm gonna be in that spot where I'm gonna be like, you know, I have like 170 and like 240 bucks remaining or something like that. And Ooh. uh yeah, so I'm going to be um having to have like a very flexible roster, which I, I kind of have, so it's good. But um, yeah, like I, I'm gonna have to pretty much just keep my utility spot open and be like moving Isaac Paredes around and Dubon if I still have him around and mm-hmm. you know Cronenworth uh, and stuff like that. So yeah, that's uh that'll be interesting because yeah, you you're just gonna get a lot of what you get, um, what your league gives you. And I think another like decision point in my head, <clears throat> another conversation I have with myself is like. Okay, I see this guy, <clears throat> five six hundred dollars left. What's he been doing all year? Is he, you know? And I go back and like, okay, he's, he's he's spending, he's active every week. So now, is this person waiting for Elliot De La Cruz, or is this person just going to continue to do this? Right? It's right. like because <laughs> this yeah. is the guy. I'm like, all right, so this guy had the hammer, but what's he? What is he thinking? Yeah, <laughs> and this is why I love fantasy because yeah. we go so many of these intricate layers um, yeah. and and thought, and you go places you're like. I love it. Like it's, so, it's 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 like it's like um it's like a battle zone, you know. Like this is yeah. what they must do in war with guns. Obviously, yep. they can get killed. I can't get killed, but um, <laughs> big difference. So maybe bad analogy. Yeah. No. No. I mean, so so like so now that we're talking about this, so let's let's skip down on the agenda and, and just do. I, I put it the obligatory Ellie Dale Cruz discussion yes. because I I'm think just- I think this is really good and this is like not anything that I have to worry about with how much money I have left. So it's it's great that I can kind of talk about it because I want to put myself in the mind of somebody that has the hammer and, and whatever. So like I, I said, my opinion of it is he's a stud. And like you can say whatever about his strikeout weight and his string, swing strike rate. He fucking crushes the ball when he hits it. He's insanely fast. He is a roto like – um you know, God game changing player, I think um, for a, a Roto league. So I think his average bid next week is going to be over $400. That's what I think. I think if you have the hammer in your league, it's um, it's like malpractice to not use it. That's, mm. that's my opinion on it. Um, but then I started thinking what goes into your mind when deciding how much to bid on a player like this that can change your team could change your league, you know? Um, so the first thing I said, it should only matter if you have the hammer um, because if you have the hammer, he shouldn't be getting past you. Um, you know, one of the considerations when you have a player entering the pool and whether or not to bid on him is like how your team con- is constructed where it's like, you know, say, Say he only had shortstop eligibility and you have, you know, like a JD Martinez clogging your utility spot and you have like, I don't know, like Willie Adamas at shortstop and like, uh, like Bobachet. It, it's kind of a tight fit. Like you're gonna, I mean, I would still, 
add him and just put Adamas on your bench, but like it's not a great fit for your team. Grant, but that doesn't really matter with Ellie because he's going to get third base and corner eligibility soon, I think. So like of those five spots that he can be in your roster, you should be able to to fit him in. So I think like the can he fit is kind of off the table because I would have to imagine he can play one of he can fit in in any roster amongst between those five spots he can fit. So, um, like the I I like I said I think it only matters if you have the hammer or are close enough to the hammer that you think okay like maybe he leaves X amount of money on the table after bidding so I'm gonna go to that point. Um, but then. The last thing is like, will it not matter because it's just a bunch of bad or desperate teams that end up with him and like, you know, people that either have just not been active in fab or, um, you know, are just like, I don't know, checked out or something like that where they're like, okay, now I'm just going to throw my 500 bucks on him to show that I'm still i still am caring and i'm still active i guess you know to what i said was i'll ask zach to figure out the average standing place of of who gets ellie next week because i'd be interested to see that most of the time the average is like just the middle like you know there's there's very you know highly ranked teams that get him there's very low ranked teams that get him so his average is kind of in the middle but i'd be interested to see if his average like the average standing place of whoever gets him is in like the i don't know 400s or 450s or 500s because if that's the case it kind of tells me like some of the teams that are towards the bottom are grabbing him so i don't know that that was kind of just my thought process of like what would go into um bidding on him not so much like what to bid on him but i think it's going to be a lot yeah definitely gonna be a lot um without a doubt and i think that Honestly, um, I'm looking at all right, I'm looking at what kind of team would I need, right? And I feel like if I had even not even if even if you have like the third or fourth most amount to spend, but let's say you got two lockdown closers, right? Let's say you're you feel fine about your top five, six pitchers. Maybe you need a little more pitching depth, but it, it, it's it's fine, it's doable, you know. Um, and let's just say you, you you look around like you mentioned, you're versatile, right? You have two guys who can cover three positions, and you they're kind of floating around for you. And then you say, all right, you know what? I feel good about the amount of needs I might have. Obviously, it's a long time from. I mean. It's, June, right? June yeah. Ninth and June ninth now because it's Friday morning already. But it's a long time away. But if you feel strong, if you got guys that you projected playing time is good, I think that's the opportunity. If you're, you know, if you're there too, right? If you're top three in your league or top five, and you're like, this can bolt me in a couple categories, and um. Another part of me too hit me as I was watching him, right? Like this this young man is so much fun to watch, right? Um, I've been really I I watched like how his teammates were embracing him and like interacting with him, and he just looks like a super 
like human, like good dude. You know, like a lot of guys have good reactions to him. He's smiling. He hustles. Yeah. Right. He yeah. and then I don't know, like so someone Twitter say he just likes to show off his speed. I mean, I don't even know where people come up with stupid shit like this. Like he's fucking so if, busted, if they're he's if they're hustling, if they're hustling, he's showing off his speed. And if he's not, he's dogging it. Hundred percent. It's like yeah. give me a break, people. You know, yeah. and the dude flies. And, and so my point is, he's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm drawn to the games already, not because I want to see what he's gonna. You know, like oh, I'm starting him for Fab. No, like I'm actually I'm choosing to watch him <laughs> because I want to see this. And then the second night, I was like, damn, this 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 is electric. And yeah. so part of that, right? That part of that factor in. I mean. Yeah, we're, we're playing for a lot of money at the line, but fantasy is fun, right? You want to yeah. have these players on your team that are fun to watch, and you want to click on the channel and say, yeah, I got this guy on my team. Like, this is great. So part of that is in me because I'm like, I, I do want to watch him the rest of the season and root for him, Um, you know, at the same time, be practical. But, uh, you know, he – I think that's the thing. Like, if your team is, like, set up where you feel comfortable, like, you won't have to – make another big splash and you can, you know, make, um, I don't know. Just stream like, the rest of the way. Good. I was like, ads and stuff. Right. Right. Like but Jeff Dimmerman was saying today on launch angle, like, you know, um, if you, if, if you feel good, it's like $50 with making three moves, three, you know, like $1 moves a week. If that's your game and you feel comfortable with that, then that's where you go to. You know, yeah. and um, I kind of agree with that. I think you I have agree. to feel comfortable with your rest of season ability. And if you have that team, like I said, that just like, I don't, I feel good that I don't have to make many moves, bigger moves, then you go for it. And, and yeah. I think that trumps more of, I got the hammer. I think if it's like ideal, ideal situation for you, you should obviously, yeah, ideal for everyone, right? To get possibly the best. So, but on the flip side is this, right? So, if you need a couple of upgrades over your team, or even if you are this team that has it all already, like not all, but you're in line to be competitive and stay in there. Do you want Trevor Story, Tariq Skubal, and Gavin Williams for the same price? Mm -hmm. Do you point. want an impact, you know, and then that's the flip side, right? But, like what? What will Trevor Story be? <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I have all these questions in my head, and I think that should actually. I think everyone should be thinking about that yeah. too, because um, they will be probably you know the best rest of season guys that at least MLBers that we know, you know, Scooble and Story that are, are coming back and will enter mm -hmm. back into the pool, and then you, of course, you got you know your Encarnacion Strand, maybe a Colton Cowser who got called up. Maybe it seems like he got pulled. From a game when he was, I think, had a chance to drive in the winning run. So it looks like he's coming up tomorrow, tonight. Who knows? But um, so I think these are the questions you should be asking yourself, and that should really have your impact in on on whether you're not gonna, you know, you're gonna pay up for him. And um, yeah. you, you're not gonna sneak in any bid. This is no. uh, this the is, Weimer. Yeah. The Weimer Award is gonna be probably the highest Weimer Award. Uh, oh, around it's still gonna be i wonder what the lowest winning bid was gonna be it's got to be above 150 i was gonna say 200 plus yeah yeah this yeah. is gonna be insane man i can't wait to see it i think everyone's yeah. gonna be glued to their screen um as well as andrew abbott you know we have another 
decent young pitcher here. Like it's uh same team too. So you have all this excitement with this team and um the, the, a lot of question on it. I've seen a lot of people torn on what Abbott could be or what he they think he is. Um obviously, you know, in double A was working with that pre-tack ball and he had all these, you know, uh, vertical movement stuff that was off the charts. But, and like you mentioned prior to the, us getting on the air that, you know, the ballpark too. And the one thing I threw back at you was like, it, it's it's now at least though, like they have a team where you might get a win. <laughs> Cause before it was like one of the knocks on green Lidl, like the park and wins. And now maybe wins are obviously a little more attainable. Um, and, it's you know it's, it's do you think he's gonna be like in the Logan Allen Tanner Bybee range or you think he's gonna be cheaper um, than that or I mean I don't know I think he's gonna have his stands for sure but I don't know how the general yeah you know. it's tough it's tough to tell and I think this goes back to our reactionary nature last last week that we talked about because like I I came into like I was very excited when Wu got called up and I was like he's gonna go mm -hmm. for a lot of money. And he did not go for a lot of money. And I, I, you know, I, I think that was a really good, I mean, not to like toot my own horn, but like, I was very happy with the price I got him at. I think that was like kind of a shrewd ad to get him for, you know, and I think he still, he didn't go in every league. So like he's still out there and uh, you know, I, I definitely think he got pretty unlucky in that first start. And it was a tough one to face the Rangers in that ballpark. Like they just, they just eat up, uh, you know, rookies debuting. So hopefully they didn't shatter his confidence like Brendan Fott did. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think like, yeah, I mean, he's going to have another start this weekend, right? So if he has a bad start and, you know, people are taking their a lot of their fab budget and putting it on Ellie and kind of not, you know, leaving as much for Abbott, um, just with the hope, like, all right, I'm going to hopefully get Ellie. And then, you know, that would mean that if I get Ellie, I don't have that much for Abbott and maybe that lowers his bids on top of, you know, like maybe whatever happens over the weekend, kind of like what we saw with, um, with Royce Lewis last week, like just weird shit happened over the weekend and kind of really swung the bids where, you know, Ryan got him for 68 bucks and he went for over 400 and like that spread was kind of fucking crazy. And, <laughs> and it's like, so, but I, you know, I think, in terms of the Royce Lewis thing, that could be a good proxy for, um, you know, what I, I guess you don't really get to see who is on Royce Lewis, but like same positions as Ellie. So, um, you know, if we had the visibility to see who was on certain guys, but maybe you look in other leagues, like if there's a guy that won Ellie or won Royce Lewis in your league and they have multiple teams, you can kind of see what, you know, he was bidding on in the other leagues and stuff like that. I don't know. There's, there's, uh, there's so much research that you can do, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the last thought I had on Ellie was like, could this be a good opportunity to sneak discounted bids on guys that you're interested in while other teams are like allocating, like I said, a significant portion of their budget trying to get, you know, this, this big target, like while they're focused there, is there an opportunity for you to kind of, go under the radar and grab somebody on the cheap um, if you're in a spot where you just don't have the money to spend on Ellie. I think that's a great, great point. And that's kind of like, I think runs in tandem with, um, you know, maybe waiting for story. And and it's, uh, especially if like Kowser comes up, you know, um, 
and maybe if you know, because you're gonna get your Joe Adele fans. He just got called up. He had a 439 million foot shot to left, and even even if when you know Renfro's coming back from his paternity leave, the the Joe Adele fans will still bid on him. But if, you know, yeah, maybe you can you know Colton Cowser comes up and and feel strong about him, and and you work him into a, a great price because everyone's so you know into uh, De La Cruz for sure. And think you, you you noted a couple of uh, other players that might be popular at this weekend, and AJ Smith Shaver on the Braves yep. and yep. Gary Gary Sanchez, of course. Like, and I think their catcher bids get tempered a little bit, but still, yeah, he's been on fire. It's like um, I actually thought after his um, after Fab last week he was a hundred percent, but no, he was like eighty one percent owned. I was like, oh, I was surprised about that, but yeah, I I, I think that those those would be you know, next up in terms of like popularity bids. And I don't think that Shaver is going to be that cheap, even for the amount of uncertainty around him in terms of his role. And if you think Max Fried will make it back or anyone else in the Atlanta Braves, you know, rotation, I don't think Soroka's coming back. I I, I could tell you that. And he didn't yeah. look great. I, I'm not been pretty vocal about how I feel about Soroka as a fantasy player. Um, and I don't think it's, it's great, but, um, and Jared Schuster, like you mentioned before, I don't really have much confidence in him. And I, I think that Shaw is going to, and people, people will bank on memory, right? They'll bank on the next Spencer Strider. And even if it's not the skills, it's just the scenario, right? Yeah. Starts off in the pen, boom, get the chance. See you later, you know, rises. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll be popular just strictly off that reason. Um, I know that several, you know, analysts out there love his stuff too. So again, not a guy that you can come close to thinking about quote unquote sneaking. Like we said, there's no more sneaks or surprises or sleepers anymore, but like not even a, this is, this won't even be a, I'll try to get him cheap kind of guy either. That's just my opinion. Like, I don't think people are going to go overboard, but uh, I think the good, the bids should pop would probably be in like the seventies, you know, at least I think, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it's, it's a, a pitcher that has somewhat of a prolonged opportunity in the rotation on one of the best teams in baseball. So, you know, I think um, any opportunity that you can get to get somebody with that type of role, you, you know, it's, it's not a bad, um, bad move to, to speculate and to bid and grab guys. Like that's why I was, I was on Bryce Elder earlier this year. Yeah. All right. Let's play a fun game. What, what, what's the difference between Shaver's and Abbott's bid this weekend? Like, but the uh, average bid or medium bid between them, like, what do you think? Um, Because I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I mean, talk to me on literally when Shaver's (laughs) pitching tomorrow and Abbott's (laughs) pitching Saturday. Like, honestly, that's going to depend. So I I just assume they both, they both do well. Like, just assume they both do the same yep. thing. Like, they either both do well or they both get bombed. Um, I think Smith Shaver probably goes higher. Um, I would say probably twenty bucks higher. Wow, and that's that's like 
It's crazy when you're thinking about that because, like, you know, he's 20 years old. He didn't even throw a baseball until, like, I think his junior year of high school, right, or something like that. It was I didn't, really, I didn't, really, I didn't see it. yeah, that's crazy. Football player. He was he was supposed to go to Texas Tech. He he actually carries a football around, um, in Still? his locker. Yes, in his locker. He likes to chuck it around a lot. Um, but they okay. they they said that um, it's so funny because I think it was um. David O'Brien, Dan O'Brien, doing that right for athletic. Yeah, I think it's David. Uh, yeah, David O'Brien. It was great. It was it was a good read, and he he was he actually asked him. Uh, he he actually asked him if he could throw it over a mountain like Uncle Rico in Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite, and he goes, yeah. "Nah, I can't throw it over any mountains." It was funny. It was like it was actually so clever because uh, I I fucking love that scene too. Yeah, you know, Uncle Rico yeah, he's is in the great. background. Yeah, yeah, he's in the backyard. Fucking millions, man. I could have, if he put me in in the fourth quarter, man, you know, in the state yep. finals, my life would have been different, Uncle Rico. But anyway, um, yeah, it's just like he's 20 years old. Like, uh, I mean, Abbott's a little older. He's got a little more, like, he's he's got banked 110 innings in a season. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but just like you said, it's the it's the Braves. And like I mentioned, it's it's the whole narrative, like, he could be the next rider and it's, it's just going to vault him past abbott or around abbott so that's interesting you're gonna think more so yeah, yeah. so i mean I was, so... I was i was waiting all week last week i was like i hope he pitches in relief like one or two games or you know just or really like i was just like i want to just pitch like on saturday in relief like for an inning and just like try to grab him um but i pivoted to woo instead and like like i said i mean you know he he had a 40 percent whiff rate on his fastball and like I love it. It's the same thing as the Mar like the Mariners know how to develop pitching. They called him up. Gonzalez has an elbow, you know, like an elbow issue. Those haven't been ending particularly well for pitchers this year. So Flexing I was like, dud. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So 100%. I was like, I I will I will, you know, gladly speculate on this. Um and I was just stunned that I got him at the price I got him at. So um I th I think you know, I think there's ways to take advantage of the reactionary nature of um, how we've seen the bidding going and how, you know, we've talked about the last two weeks, just how, you know, the the as the week goes on, things change and impact people's views on players. But yep. I think yep. a week is kind of a short view, but um, <clears throat> I, I, um, so I had I had an opportunity in one league. I had Wu right behind in in one of my mains. I had him right behind um Grayson Rodriguez, actually. Grayson Rodriguez was available in my league. Um I pondered this for a while because you know I've been looking at Grayson Rodriguez, but I guess sometimes too when you know you don't have a player and and you just like, you know, we're biased to the players that we have and that we like, you know. Um, not that I don't like racing Rodriguez, they didn't have him anywhere, so I was like, kind of, you know, nitpicky about what this guy does wrong in my write ups, right, in my daily stuff, and um, I was like, all right, so let's look at the good things about him, you know, because like I haven't looked at that really. Do I have to because he's available? It's like, shit, is this a good speculative ad right here? And then I was looking around, you know, like under the hood and the metrics, and yeah, there's. The couple of things that are alarming, but there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good in it, you know. There's a 
So there's a lot of good things. Um, the ball percentage is the one thing I'm a little alarmed by, but there's still swing and miss. There's still chase. There's still velocity, and that's really good. Um, so then I was like, okay, so now I'm I'm interested. I want to do it. I'm kind of into it now. And then I talked to a couple of people. Um, one person was like, yeah, uh, everyone's going to be on him this week because this is the week, this is the week. And then another person was like, I don't, I think you'll be able to get him for cheap. I don't think anyone's paying attention to him. I'm like, oh, had a lot of, you know, a couple of different opinions from close, you know, confidence about, uh, uh, you know, fantasy. And so yeah. I put in an $18 bid for him. Um, and I lost 22 to 18 because mm. um, I didn't want to spend too much because I like there's still concerns. There's, there, there's still all that. There's still that cold water that we could throw on him. But I was like, all right, 18. And yeah, man, I almost want it. I would have been pretty happy with that. I got I got Carter Crawford because Wu went went as well for um, more than I had, I had Wu for 13 and Crawford for 13. So I had him about the same amount. But I would have loved to do a long way of saying I, I would have loved to grab Wu. For a cheap price, because like you said, the Mariners, uh, I trust them in 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 getting these guys in spots that they're going to succeed. There's definitely he's he's there he's there to throw one hundred percent because Gonzalez is is done, I think, and flexing is, you know, terrible. Yeah, he's, so. he, yeah, he's he needs to be just stay in the bullpen. So yep. yeah, I mean, like that's what it's. I only got to see two innings, but like I said, there's at least some signs of encouragement. So it's like I'll I'll speculate on that the situation and you know what i saw and was encouraged by so you know it's like not it. a situation like fat where he has a bad fastball so that's where i was like i'm gonna learn from my mistakes and be like all right this guy at least he, you know everything else went bad for him in the start but at least he has a 40 percent whiff rate on his fastball and you know that what what's any different from uh cutter crawford you know like right He's got a big fastball and he's only been pitching two or three innings at a time in the last couple of months. So it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, you know, speculate on the talent and the skill and, and just hope that everything else goes right. So I like it. Let's hit on a couple of drops before we get into our little watch list Wednesday for the next week. Um, you had some notable guys here, some interesting drops. And <laughs> I definitely found um, obviously a Tyler O'Neill. You had guys, you know, holding on to him, not knowing what to do with him because of you know, lots of reasons. Uh, yeah. Is he hurt? Is he not really hurt? Is it because of Marmol or who knows? Um, got Matt Mervis dropped three times, um, you know, after being picked up for a good chunk of change. And uh, Justin Steele was, I think, the other big notable I saw with three drops. Um, obviously, he's hurt, but it's been so well that he could have, uh, I think, afforded another wait and see, another touch and feel like we're talking about in the Discord. But, um, yeah, so um, what do you think about the Tyler O'Neill? Like, if did you would do you agree with the drops or do you think in a like I dropped them in a 12 team league, but I held on to him in my 15 team or just because uh, that's an auction league. Um, I only have $210 left and at the same time, and I need offense. So to me, it's like, okay, like, can I get a player like this in free agency? No, you know, and I need a player like this in free agency. So I have him. So like, I think it was better off just holding on to him instead of, you know, fighting for other offense that I, I won't be able to purchase, you know? So um, what do you think about the Tyler O'Neill drops? Yeah, I guess, I guess maybe like the fact that they called Jordan Walker back up and like, you'd have to assume 
they're not going to unless he's doing bad like as long as he's doing well he's gonna have a pretty much everyday role in that outfield so like maybe that's what the um you know the thought process was was like the news on o'neill isn't good they're bringing walker back up that's one less spot for him to play i don't want to do this game anymore i mean everything else around was just like you know it's just all the news about him this year seems like not good right there's no real positive so on top of everything else that's negative and then the potential lack of a role um I guess it makes sense. I mean, uh, like, I, I, thankfully, I don't have to make that decision. But yeah, I think at this point, you just gotta. I, I think you guys cut him and like move on and just like, you know, sunk cost. It's gone. Like, get rid of it. Try to find something that can, you know, player that can give you more um, of what you thought you were gonna get with O'Neill. That makes sense. That's fair enough. Um, what about? Um... Justin Steele, do you think that was good practice or just okay? Because, I mean, I don't know how you feel about him as a pitcher. Maybe because I know a lot of people don't really believe in him, quote-unquote. Yeah. But nah, been just, in today's game, it's just, uh, you know, when you have a pitcher performing that well, I think give him, a little, you know, a little more leash, I think, with injury-wise. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Steele was like, like one of my biggest fades coming into this season. He was like, absolutely, I will not draft him at all. And that's there's only a very few number of pitchers that I think of that. Um, so like, <laughs> I, I'm trying to pull up. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to pull up my, my notes on him because I was just like everything that he did well at the end of last year, like wasn't sustainable in my mind. And like, and on top of that, he is, has never really had a good health history. So I was just mm -hmm. like, yeah, so okay, so this is this was my notes against. Um 2014, 18.2 innings pitched, 2015, 40.2 innings pitched, 2016, 77 innings pitched, 2017, 98 innings pitched, 2018, 28 innings pitched, 2019, 38 innings pitched, 2021, 84 innings pitched, and then 2022, 119 innings pitched. He ended last season with a back injury. There's not enough track record volume to be comfortable with his improvements. He is only fastball slider, and the fastball is below average in velocity and movement. He has a big sweeping slider, but rates out below average in stuff and location. Swinging straight great indicates he's more of a 20K rate rather than 25% that he had last year. With a 10% walk rate, doesn't make him that appealing and that he's a strong fade for me. So that's what my notes came, coming into this year. And and then for the case for him, I said there's not a lot for, for me here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, and like, I don't know, let me look like performance wise coming into, you know, his injury. I just, I, I, like, I haven't looked at him in detail, but I just felt like he was really overperforming. Like his XFIP was four and his ERA was two, six, five, uh, um, swing strike rate this year was uh, about 12%. And what's the strikeout rate? 21.5. 20, 20, uh, so, so, yeah, that's a little more in line. I, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know, elbow injury. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time imagining that, like, a guy gets an elbow injury, especially given his health track record. Um, he has an elbow injury. He hasn't really ever logged a significant amount of innings. And 
after, you know, one year where he finally kind of spiked from an innings perspective. He has an elbow injury. I think there's enough, like, red flags to be like, I don't want to play this game. And especially if there's a pitcher, like there's a lot of pitchers available last week. So if there's somebody that you really liked, um, maybe he was the only cut that you had. So I don't know the, the number, given the number of leagues that he was dropped in only being three, I'm guessing it's probably that situation where it's just like <clears throat> somebody had more pressing needs or, you know, um, so I, I can't really say, cause I don't have them. Um, I probably, be you know a little more patient but also you might just not have enough bench space to keep him on if you have a bunch of injuries that add up so could be a lot of things but yeah he's just a pitcher that i was strongly out on coming into the year and i was like i think you know i tweeted i was just like i was very wrong about justin Steele from a performance perspective i still think he's been um getting kind of lucky so yep um yeah I, again um, yeah, I just put a couple notes for a couple guys that I thought were interesting. Like, so um, Al <laughs> Adalberto Mondesi was dropped in 16 leagues. And why is he still owned in this many leagues? Absolutely. I have so many questions like that that I constantly <laughs> ask myself aloud. Yeah. Like, it had nothing to do with fantasy, but like, I see Bruce Zimmerman in the box scores. I'm like, this guy's still pitching? <laughs> yeah. He's got a 6 ERA for his career. Like, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I can I'm surprised. He's still he's still very owned in OCs too, where you that's like that blows my mind as well. It's like what's happening? Like I don't yeah. know. Those like those to people who must have Mondesi's like at this point, it's just he's the guy that like won you leagues and like you just it's like you're, you're forever, just like you're forever yeah, Mondesi. Yeah, and or you're just like, yeah, he's gonna, you know. I suck in steals and he's going to come up and run wild. But like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like there's can, not a spot for him. There's not a spot that. for him. Yeah, I know. And, and he's like, what is he? He's not even playing. He's not even in rehab games. Like there's, he's not close. Um, not close. So very yeah. weird. Very weird. Jared Walsh dropped in six leagues. Why is he still 87% owned? I don't, don't know. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand why people are obsessed with Jared Walsh, but I'm not one of them. Um, so Manoa was dropped in five leagues, and then, but interestingly, he was added in two leagues for an average of 164 bucks. Um, and I said last week after Fab Brand, we, me and a couple other guys were talking, and I said, "You can give me 164 dollars in extra Fab to have him on my team right now." And that is um, before Monday's disaster and him getting sent down. And like, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine spending that much on uh, based on how he's performed this year. Like what could you possibly see that could justify spending that much on him? I don't know. I really don't know. Like, honestly, even if you're giving someone like, like, all right, you know, some, you can work some things out. He can find his path back to not being that guy again, but you know, somewhat serviceable, in the starting pitching landscape, and there's nothing there. There's nothing there that shows that. Yeah, I just think that I don't know if it's the clock. I think he he must be hurt. Um, yeah, I just it's not not a good. Um, mm -hmm. so I get cutting him. Um, yeah, you covered Merver, uh, Mervis. 
burger thing's interesting, especially now given the Eloy news tonight. Um, dropping him, I mean, I get it. Like the playing time just is so sporadic and infuriating, and like you know, kind of a similar spot I'm going to be in this week is with Morel. Like he isn't playing this week. He's facing a ton of lefties, and he's not playing. And they're putting Miguel Amaya, the backup catcher, in at DH, and put and keeping Morel on the bench against <clears throat> Tyler um, Anderson. Is this good coaching? Is this good? Because why? Because the oh, I saw he had a string of high strikeouts. That's he had that last year. But like, is I don't know. Yeah, he. he I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't get it. Like streaking is fine. I get it. he's streaky player. He's he's gonna go through this. I get that analysis. That's the kind of player he is. You're right. But he, you know, he he can't go on a stretch like that again. And that's why I disagree because yeah, this and is it's the like... kind of guy that can go. Like I don't get it. Yeah. I don't. I think it. I think it's overmanaged to the point where maybe I'm completely wrong about Christopher Morel. But like. And uh, it, I don't have him anywhere, so I'm not complaining like, oh, he loses the PT. Like, yeah. I want him to be in there. He deserves it. No, I'm not even saying like that. It's just he has to be one of their better options and should be to start a game. Just my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, Mike Talkman was getting, like, most of the at-bats in center field against left, in a, against a predominantly left-handed um, starting pitching, you know, opponent this week. Um, so it's like... How can he not get center field at bats against lefties? How can he not, you know, like, I know Curlin reached out to me and was like, Morel has reverse splits, but like, he, Ross isn't managing that way. He's sitting against, he was sitting against righties last week, mm-hmm. and then he's sitting against lefties this week. And like, when he's playing, he's getting like consistent run at DH and he's not playing second, he's not playing center. So that, kind of tells me like they just really don't trust his defense that he can't even he can't play third he can't play second he can't play center in spots that they have like openings well they have openings in center and and third um but like the fact that he can't even mix in there at all um and the fact that he can't hit it he can't bat against lefty and he's still sitting against righties i'm like i might have to cut him um you know i, I didn't drop a lot on him i picked i threw 31 on him the day before he got called up. So I'm like, you know, I don't feel that, you know, emotional tie to him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just need players that can help me. But yeah, that's like a spot where it's like, uh, he's very talented. He has a lot of skills that can help in Roto. But, you know, if I put him in and he only plays one day, Monday through Thursday, I don't know if I can keep him around. So that's one that, it's mm-hmm. tough, but the burger thing, I get it because I'm I'm living it right now. But then the bur- you know, his opportunity just kind of opened up. I feel like tonight with with Eloy, so that's a good lesson for me to maybe hang on to Morel a little longer. Um, I think so. I mean, yeah. you got the multi eligibility. You got that. I mean, I'm sure you paid decent amount for him, right? Or no? Or you? No, I got him for right. 31 bucks the day before he got he, called up. Yeah, even then, it's just. You know, I, I I would totally hold on to that. It's like, you know, yeah. I think just he, hope I, that they're they're bad enough that if they clear, you know, a couple of players at the trade deadline, he should be able to get everyday playing time. Yep. Post. So, yeah, I agree with that. 
Um, Jaron Duran dropped in three leagues. I know um, Duval's on the way back, and Kike's been playing center, and it, it it could be foreshadowing like a messy playing time situation, which in my gut I kind of feel like is coming um, as somebody that has him in two leagues, both mains. Um, I'm kind of concerned, but sometimes things open up and, you know, um, Lots of times. <laughs> one of the one of the lessons I said, like I learned last year, I, I cut Tyro Estrada right before, you know, like Tommy LaStella and a bunch of guys were scheduled to come back and then a lot more injuries happened and he kept playing every day. So it's like, I don't want to mm -hmm. cut guys until I see them lose the time. Um, that's one of the things I, I kind of learned. So that one may be smart, but because um, it does, you know, feel like it's getting a little crowded pretty quick, but um, I would be inclined to wait until you see it. Um, yeah, me too. Langoliers. Langoliers is one, because obviously, again, selfishly, I have him in both my mains. And I was like, um, I loved him because I thought he was going to play every day, which he pretty much is. He's He's got, I would imagine he's got one of the higher at-bat totals for players that have catcher eligibility. But I'm starting to think in my head, like, do I want his all of those at bats given what he's doing to my batting average and like um maybe some other people that have him saw that as well um and that's one of the things i was thinking was like am i better off just cutting shay langoliers and not taking 200 at bats at a 207 you know 217 average and maybe just getting a guy like gary sanchez um that might play a little less but is on a better team and um might not it's as crazy as that sounds with gary sanchez might not hurt me as much as <laughs> you know near full-time run with such a low average yeah that's uh getting some deep stuff you know I, it's I totally... a blessing and the curse of uh yeah, yeah. absolutely so many questions to be asked, so many uh, things to figure out. Um, I mean, how, how bad has he been uh, overall in the season? Oh, um, 229 in the last in, in the last 30 days. What is he hitting overall? Oh, two, 217 overall. 217 overall. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, he's got, I don't know, it's an interesting profile. I, I, I guess because... I guess because of the catcher position and it's like, you just do you like, is it worth the headache too of like scrapping for yeah, catchers? Like, I, I think that's a question you have to ask yourself because yeah, it might not be something you really want to get involved with. You yeah. Know? That's a good point. You're going to be like, Sevi Savala, baby. Yeah. Come on. You know, and he, and, and he's going to be a dud like he always is. And he'd be like, why the hell did I do this? You know? And yeah. even if it's like, we're not doing good. I think you're, the the streaming catcher headache is, is just one of the reasons why you know I'm I'm pretty big on drafting yeah catchers but let's look right. ahead let's look yeah. at next well, week yep um I saw your notes here and it's like I feel like the, you know you get your ebbs and flows of of matchups that like really stand out because obviously you know we'll we'll note some of these teams but it's like how many teams are really actionable right because. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you can, you, you'll get like, oh, the Braves are, you know, have this great schedule. It's like, it's all right, you know, everyone has the Braves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you gotta, exactly. you gotta look at those teams where there's uh, like roster percentage. Um, is, is that's why I, I kind of like to do. I have, I have, you know, I have the, uh, have the Razzball rankings with, um, with, with the roster percentage next to it, you know, and I kind of just like, filter it by team and it's like oh it's like I'll, I'll go to a team it's what i do when i do my matchup things i go to the team and i'll be like nope nobody's available anyway <laughs> you know yep. you yep. can't you can't do anything yeah. with that but so yeah so what do you got for next week what are you looking at here what, what caught your eye yeah so arizona's got seven games next week six are scheduled to be versus right-handers as it is now so i was thinking paven smith um could be that's really like I think the only actionable ad that might be available on that team. I love a paving ad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's great for like McCarthy and I mean, Corbin Carroll at this point, it's just every day. So I don't think you have to worry about the platooning of him anymore. Like they did early in the year and last year. So, um, Colorado, um, seven games at Boston and at Atlanta, which, um, this, the pitchers that they're facing aren't particularly scary. Um, I think they have like Strider at the end of the week, but that's pretty much it. So like Nolan Jones was the guy that kind of popped me. Like could could he keep getting playing time? He's hitting the shit out of the ball this week, and um, you know, but but we've talked about in the past, kind of crowded. And I, I haven't looked at what how close CJ Crone is to coming back. Um, so that was, was one 90, I was thinking. Yeah, he's actually ninety-eight percent owned in the. Um, he is. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. I didn't even look Six, at his ownership percentage. Sixty-three percent in the OCs, but I mean, listen, he crushed the ball the other night, like four, four, four eighty, four eighty, yeah, four. I think it was like four eighty-three. Um, showing off the wheels too. Yeah. Like it, he 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 he's playing to stay, you know, and yeah. I just feel like. Can't trust anything the Rockies do, but I know, I know. I, I'm I'm totally like looking at him as someone that is not going to leave that lineup. You know, um, it's pretty interesting, and he yeah. probably is going to sit versus lefties, so he might be kind of like the Ryan Noda thing, where it's like, I right, do is 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 he like Noda? Like, you know, if if he is, this is like obviously the Colorado thing is is the edge, but. If, if he is going to sit for his lefties, but they do have a, a, a nice schedule, like you said, and they're also home the next, um, mm. the following week after that, right? No, 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 no. They're at Cincy too. So at Boston, at Atlanta, and at Cincy, and then they're home. So it's like, and then, four the, of the, uh, yeah, and then probably the week after that, they're probably home for a whole week. So it's like four of the better parks like yeah. to play in. Um, nice. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So for the one league that he's available, got to pay up for him pay, yeah pony up pony <laughs> but up, that could man. be a spot where it's like you might get him on the cheap because everybody's putting money on you know on ellie so like great point when i say cheap i mean you know when there's a guy only available in one league and and you know you see him go for a lot more like you know like 50 60 bucks you might be able to get him for like 30 so um not necessarily like get him for a dollar but you might get a discount i guess um yep I that I like next that. team, next team Detroit. So versus Atlanta at Minnesota. So, but all seven games are against right-handed pitching. But 
the matchups are tough. So they got Strider, Morton, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Louis Varlin, Pablo Lopez. And I think they might get Smith Shaver as well. So um tough that's tough. Uh this is a tough schedule. Um they are a team that kind of platoons pretty heavily. So McKinstry, it's a good week for McKinstry, but I don't think he's readily available. Um Badu and Mayton, I are the other lefty platoons. I don't think either of them are playable. I know Badu was a popular ad two weeks ago, but he's kinda cooled off pretty hard um and given the matchups might be he might be a guy that you see actually dropped in a lot of leagues this week i think um one interesting name carrie carpenter if um he's on rehab right now obviously he's a lefty might be able to sneak him on the cheap um he's owned in like a quarter of the leagues um but i just don't love the i don't love the matchups there yeah, I, th- I I think he's a, I think he's a streamer, you know. I think yeah, um, he's definitely good. I had I had him on my OC. I mean, I mean, in my main event for a couple of weeks, I think he. Mm-hmm. I like I like the Kerry Carpenter play. He definitely can crush the ball. I think he's playing. I think he played a little bit of the outfield too already in the yeah. minors. So they definitely want to get him to move around and um not just be a DH. All right, Angels. Seven games, six versus right-handed pitching at Texas, at Kansas City. I I said Moniac, but like, I don't, I don't uh, really believe in his skills, and I think he might end up getting sent down again pretty soon. Um, so I don't think there's anything particularly actionable there. I mean, if you're a fan of Jared Walsh, at least they're getting <laughs> righties. But <laughs> I don't, I'm not in, in that boat with you. He's not even playing against all the righties. That's the thing. He's he started two of the last four versus righties. Moniac, the same thing. Two of the last four versus righties. So there's like there's there's really uh, nothing to do there, you know. Yeah. But those guys. All right, last wow. one. We'll wrap it up. Oakland. Um, so this is another great schedule for Noda. Um, seven games versus right-handed pitching. Only thing is, it's versus Tampa and versus Philly. So that's okay. Yeah, I think Glass now, Nola, Wheeler, they're on the schedule for all, but the playing time will be there. It's all at home. Um, but JJ Blade might be worth the stream, um, given given the matchups as well. First right-handed pitching, it's just it's tough. It, it it'd be better if it was against a little bit easier opponents, but um, yep, yeah, would, yeah. And that's that's pretty much it in terms of what I could kind of glean from looking at the seven game weeks at this point. Um, yeah, cool, awesome. Yeah, right. I think um, I'm excited for this weekend and to see. Yeah, it'll what, be good. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I think we're all gonna be glued to our screens as as normal. And um, yeah, man, good luck this weekend. Hope you. Uh, I don't need any luck. I'm not gonna be, uh, I'll be throwing a dollar bids around. I'm not. I'm not yeah, Dollar um, days, baby. That's what's even best for me. I don't have any anxiety coming into this week about what I need to bid on him and what I need to, you know, like I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, you know, put my hundred and twenty dollars in. But no, there's no expectation. There's no chance I'm getting him. So um, also too, like you, you just cut. You've cut your free agent pool in half. So it's like let, half the work you have to do. Yeah, exactly. That's what I saw. Guilds tweet that he's like. Fab is so much easier when I just am placing, you know, a ton of one dollar bits, and I'm like, yeah, there's probably something to that. So, but uh, shout, I like doing the work. Shout out to the guilds who's 
just in in the top he's in the mix again in 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 both formats god bless him the kid the kid's an animal <laughs> i know uh people have their uh the things for andrew the gills but shout out to you man if you're listening keep doing your thing keep playing like you play because uh I think he even knows. I think he even tells him times like I don't know how you pull this off. Some of the moves he makes, some of the drops he makes is after he picks up a a, a big guy, a high priced guy, and he's just so aggressive. But I, his style is working. You know, he, he's he's nailing it. So, um, good to see him uh, up there again. All right, Dom. Good stuff All this right. week. We shaved it down to an hour and fifteen. That's fucking fantastic. All uh, right. I know we were shooting for like 45, 45. minutes and we still on but you know as what? we were going I knew I was like we're 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 not hitting 45 but I think we dropped some great process stuff though I I mean I really think we can give people like other layers to think about things I mean maybe they're thinking about it already and you know I know a lot of them are but it you know it's good it's I think it's good to talk through it and um you know just really get everyone prepared like all angles how you should be attacking you know the fab and, and how you could look at your teams and, and your rosters yeah, so much. I so agree. cool, man. All right. Awesome. Good weekend. I'll talk, yeah. to you. I'll talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good, Rob.